Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. It was a little over $50,000 of what, what was committed, and I'm proud to tell you the arena down there, we only have five dollars $5,800 left to pay that joker off. Amen? And so look at it. That, honey, was... Was that a $4,000 payment a month? I mean, we've been paying more than that, but that's what it was. So now we're going to take that uh, of what we, what we paid with the, how we, uh, the payment from the grip building, the payment from the arena. Now we're going to snowball the church. And I believe in no time we'll pay it off, be paid in full, out of bondage. Come on, you guys did that. I don't know if you see at the bottom of the check there, it says, I signed it big, but that it says the people of AOL. We made a difference. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, I'm going to go into a, a whole new series here, and I believe these are very important because, and I can already, you know, the super spiritual people would be like, we need, a, we need to talk about faith, and we need to, you know, uh, listen, I, I preach on all those things every single week. In fact, I'm going to talk about faith, but what I've noticed is that super spiritual people is that they're terrible in relationships because they can tend to be a little bit weird. Just, I'm just being honest here. But how many of y'all know God, God has called the family for such a time as this? Listen, I told you in the very beginning of 2020, I told you this, that, that uh, uh, there was lots of people who were like, I hate that I have to raise children. Hey, good to see you this morning. Uh, on the front row, uh, uh, I hate that I have to raise children during all of this. You know what God put on my heart? I have given you children for such a time as this. You know what I declare over families? I declare over families that there is a blessing over you. I believe that there is a blessing over your children and your household. I'm declaring over you that there is open doors in 2022. I'm declaring that if any stronghold has, his ugly head has came in uh, uh, to your family, I pray that it's broken and cursed in Jesus' name. I'm declaring that every generational curse that came from your grandpappy's pappy's pappy, it's no longer anymore. Amen? Amen. Like, you might have struggled with alcohol, but your kids are not going to struggle with alcohol. Your grandkids are not going to struggle with alcohol. And I believe this about the family. I believe the family is God's greatest gift. And I believe this, that he's empowering us to raise godly families for such a time as this. Like if you don't have a heaviness to raise your family right, I believe that through the next couple of weeks, I believe that God is going to put something in you of how important it is that we raise, have godly homes. And maybe your kids are gone. That you and your husband would have a godly home. That you and your wife would have a godly house. Uh, I believe that the family is a witnessing tool today. I believe it's a heavy witnessing tool. I believe that, that, that non-believers and people that are lost, I believe that they should see a sign of love inside of your home. Like the kind of love that God is for us. You know, lots of people talk about 1 Corinthians 13. You need, in your, in your marriage and in your family, you need to have 1 Corinthians 13. Lo, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But you know what? More importantly, in 1 Corinthians 13, that's how God loves us. Let's not forget that. 
How many of y'all know God's patient with you? How many of you know God's kind to you? How many of y'all know he never leaves us and he never forsakes us? And so we need to have that sign of love inside of our family. And what America needs is not in the White House, it's in your house. Come on, it's not in the governor's house, it's in your house. It's not in the house of the representatives, it's in your house. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? You know what's going to turn people back, turn America back to God? It's fathers who are living by the principles and teachings of the Word of God. He needs us on this earth to, do, uh, to make His will come to pass. How many of y'all believe this? And so before I get started, I just want to tell you this, that uh, I am not worthy to talk about marriage. I've only been married 16 years. I had to think about that for a second. This year will be 17 years. Pastor Robert, how long have you been married? 48. Don's been married 50. Um, there's many in here that are more qualified to teach on marriage. But I'm telling you, I have a great marriage. And or I'm speaking for myself here. You should be nodding and saying, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> that was your cue, but you screwed it up. We talked about this in the car. My gosh. But uh, what I'm saying is this, lots of times, especially when we're talking about relationships and things like this, we have a PhD in other people's problems and we carry like a GED in our own. So this is what we're gonna do today. We're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna, we're gonna look at this, this is for me. Tell yourself, this is for me. Come on, say it again, this is for me. And I want to tell you right off the bat, I'm not going off of a story that I heard or a counseling session that I was in this last week. I'm not talking about anyone and what they're going through. Uh, I just want, I just, I just want to clarify that this is what God is saying to me. And I believe this is for a word for such a time as this. And if there's any shame, guilt, or condemnation that comes through all of this, I want to tell you right now, that is the voice of the enemy. Now, conviction and correction can come because those are the voices of repentance. But remorse is shame, guilt, and condemnation because remorse is just a moment, but then it leaves you with shame for the rest of your life. But repentance, it's a lifestyle. And because of that lifestyle, that there may be times of conviction that come. There may be times of correction that come, but it's not heavy. How many of y'all know every good and perfect gift cometh from above? Amen. And so the Bible says this, before I even get started in Genesis 2.18, it said, And the Lord said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. He said, It's not good for you to be alone. And I believe this. He's not talking about marriage. I believe he's talking about life. How many of y'all know it's not good to be alone? When you're alone, I'm telling you, you get isolated. You, you start thinking yourself into a hole that you don't need to be in. I want to tell you right now, you need community. You need this church. You need friends. You need the right people in your life. But I can also say with confidence this. Relationships take work. Amen? Come on, the ones that we love the most. Relationships, they take work. And they require grace. See, Hollywood, they tell you that it's easy. And if it's not easy, you should go. It's so funny. We went and saw Redeeming Love. And uh, I bawled like a baby, but I'm the crier. I'm a weenie like that. You can cast judgment all you want to. And I said, honey, what'd you like, what'd you like about the movie? She goes, I didn't like it. It's false hope. 
She goes, the only person that could love somebody that is a Bible character. That is not the real world. But you know what? She's right. She's right. Hollywood paints this picture of love that is not real. I believe there's some things of that that can be real, but Hollywood teaches it like this. It's super easy. But I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. And if you're going to make it work, you're, you're going to have to work it. All right. and, and, you know, I was thinking about this. Why do marriage, marriages fail? Uh, I don't believe people go into it to fail. I believe that people mean their vows, but I don't think they believe their vows. I believe there's a difference. Like, till death do us part. Well, we're never going to be sick. How I many of y'all know people get sick? Right? Or for poorer or for richer. How I many of y'all know there's going to be the two things that I've noticed in marriages? It's the bed and it's the bank. I mean, there's other things in, involved in that. It's the bed and it's the bank. But how I many of y'all know parenting takes work? What if we parented like we looked at marriage today? I'm sorry, this boy's not working out for us. We are just not compatible with one another. We go back to the hospital, can you take him back? We're gonna try for a whole nother one. Seriously, think about that. What if, what if we parented like we looked at divorce? How many of y'all know, uh, or, or, or looked at marriage? How many of y'all know marriage is a covenant? And I'm here to tell you right off the bat, if, if you've gone through divorce, or that covenant has been broken, I'm telling you there's still grace for you and God has a perfect plan for your life. I'm telling you, I'm speaking over you that doors will be open in your life. But it's worth the work. Y'all agree with me? It's worth the work. And so I was thinking about this divorce, you know, talking about divorce, there's obvious things why people should divorce. You know, if there's like abuse inside of your relationship, like a, 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 not only physically, but also emotionally with words that are said, or if your children are in danger, or there's patterns of adultery, yes. But thinking about this, I, this week, in fact, I'm going to get here in just a minute, Matthew 19. But this is what I want to talk about today, Proverbs 4.23, it says this. Guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your life flows from it. I'm going to say it one more time. Guard your heart more than anything else. This is God's word translation. Because the source of your life flows from it. New King James says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So God, today, I just pray right now, Lord, may your Holy Spirit, may your anointing fall. God, for those that are in this room that maybe have given up on relationships, they may be thrown in a towel, they've got such a bad taste in their mouth. God, I pray that Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, John. So it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Let's talk about the heart just for a second. He's not talking about your physical heart, like when you pray with all my heart. He's not talking about the aorta pump. You know, that plumps blood into the rest of your body. He's not talking about that. He, he's talking about the core of who you are. He's talking about, and, and those things are inseparable. In fact, I read a commentary this last week when I was studying this. It's where your soul and your spirit meet. I like that. It's like 
what is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's your thoughts. But he's saying where your spirit meet, so your mind, your will, and emotions, where they are and where your spirit is. The Bible says we are a soul, uh, or sorry, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live inside of a body. And so the very way we act, we think, what does the Bible say? It says where your heart is, there, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, it's the seedbed of our emotions. It's our thoughts. It's our reality. It's, the Bible says, out of your, Jesus said this, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Last week we talked about this. It's not the outside of a man that defiles him. It's what's on the inside of him. It's what's inside of your heart. You're going to make decisions from your heart. You're going to marriage from your heart. You're going to parent from your heart. You're going to run a business from your heart. My heart is the real me, right? And you can fake it for a time. But eventually, my life will go in the direction of my heart. How many of y'all know you can fake it for a time? I'll give you a perfect example. I'm going to be completely humble with you and just transparent with you this last week. There was a lady that called the church, and this is a lady the Bible talks about in Thessalonians. There's always a weak soul amongst you. She hasn't come here for quite some time, but she calls all the time, and there is always a problem, and it's never her problem. She very much has the um, uh, vindictive mentality. She really needs deliverance is what, what needs to happen. But... Uh, so Jennifer sends out a text about these problems that are in her life. And so honestly, inside of my head, I knew what I was thinking. Oh, God, here we go again. And you know what? I really don't want to be that way. I honestly do not want to be that way. But it's like over and over, you've got to make a decision to put your bootstraps on and go to work. Come on. You guys know what I'm saying? Like you can't rely on people all the time. You you. Uh, you, there's something you, the natural leads to the supernatural, right? And so about that time, I had another, another, uh, a guy send me a text, uh, a client of mine. And, uh, when it's super cold like this, he, uh, uh, he has a horse that, uh, just, uh, well, he gets packed up in the, I mean, front right foot, basically what happened was, is, is, uh, he's sore. He's, and, and I shot him like maybe a month ago or something like that. And he sends me this text and he says, Hey, the bay horse is sore. Well, I thought I was sending back a text to him that said, Shocking. But I send it to the thread of the pastors and elders that I'm the leader over of this woman that in my heart drives me crazy. And I said, Shocking. Well, the dad doesn't look very good on the leader, especially when you're the pastor. All right? I'm glad you guys think it funny because I felt about that big right there. Have you ever sent that text before and you see you send it to you? You're like, oh, man. There's times where I'm texting back and forth to Brandy. And then Addison chimes in and I send something to Addison that I was thinking I was sending to her mother. I mean, y'all know that's not good. You need to pay attention to those things. But right at that moment, when that happened, you know what the Lord spoke to me? Out of the overflow of the, uh, out of the, overflow of the heart, the hands text. Right? What's the Bible say? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I want to tell you, I, I, I do not want to feel that way. But I, what I'm telling you that story is, is eventually, is you're going to live out whatever's in your heart. 
I'm going to say that again. Whatever is in your heart, you're going to begin to live out. And so uh, you've known that maybe you've been that couple where you're fighting with one another. I want a divorce and blah, 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 blah. And then you invite the friends over. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? And you both act like fake idiots, you know, the whole night. Because you don't want them to know. But I'm here to tell you, you can fake it as long as you want to. But eventually your heart is going to live that be lived out. Are you hearing me this morning? If you open your Bibles to Matthew 19, uh, Matthew 19, and we're going to start in verse 7 here. And there's, there's so much, you got to know context and things like that. But Jesus gives reasons for divorce. And I'm not going to talk about divorce today. This is just real quick. But he talks about the heart issue of divorce. And, and uh, there's reasons why, why too in here. But he talks about the heart reason. He says, they say unto him, this is Matthew 19, 7. He said, they say unto him, why did Moses then command giving a writing of divorcement and put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffer you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife except be fornication shall marry another. See, he begins to give all these reasons. But you know Why? You know why fornication happens? It's because of hardness of heart. You know why they marry others and adultery happens? Because of uh, hardness of heart. Divorce happens because someone's heart got hard. The Bible talks about a heart that waxes cold. In fact, you read Matthew 24 of what's going on today in the world. He talks about people's heart will wax cold. What is waxing cold? Well, light a candle, see the liquid that comes from the candle, and then when you put the light out, or you let go of the light, what happens? Everything hardens up. Come on, it's the same sense with us. If we don't keep something warm inside of our relationship, we're going to wax cold with one another. See, before adultery, it's cold. Before the violence, it's cold. Before you're in different bedrooms, it's cold. Relationships break down when the heart grows cold, so we've got to keep it warm. And it's more than sex, and it's more than intimacy. I figured all the women would be like, amen. And all the, all the men would be like, what? I thought I liked you. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. So we've got to guard our hearts so it doesn't grow cold. There's three things I want to share with you this morning real quick. Number one, we've got to heart, guard our heart from sin. Everybody say Sin. The reason I say that is because you can go to churches down the road today and they don't talk about sin because sin makes people uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you that sin is a Bible word. Sin is a Jesus word. Sin is a God word. Sin is a big deal to God. The Bible says sin that separates us from the Lord. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But pastor, the Bible says your sins are forgiven. Do you not realize what 1 Peter chapter 4 says, that love covers a multitude of sin? Yes, I understand that, but, and yes, I believe that you're forgiven, but it doesn't mean sin won't destroy you and the other people around you's life. I'm telling you, sin will destroy some lives. If I went down to the JMB today, and I, I don't know how much money they would have, but if I, if I, I, I put them up and stole all their hot dogs and, and, and took all their money, and I was in a mad dash, and I ran out into the uh, out onto the highway here on Washington, and I hit somebody. Because of the actions of sin, 
I'm telling you, the wages of sin is death. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I'm here to tell you, most preachers don't want to talk about sin because it makes them uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes it's good to be in the house of God and be uncomfortable. Amen? Because that's when conviction comes. I'm telling you, when I go to the chiropractor, it's uncomfortable. But the next day, I go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can feel. I can do some things. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7 says this. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Listen to this. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Can I tell you this? In the presence of control is the presence of sin. When you have somebody with a controlling spirit, I'm telling you, sin is present. It's getting quiet in here. You guys got to help me out. What is the Antichrist spirit? I was talking to uh, uh, guys in my office b- before uh, the service, and we were talking about what's going over on in Europe. You know that Taiwan is on heavy alert right now because the leader of China wants to take over Taiwan. The leader of Iran wants to take Israel is on high alert. I've read several, several deals that Israel is on high alert because Iran wants to take Israel. Russia is not going to stop with Ukraine. It's going to go to Poland. He's going to, why? Because he's a madman and he has the spirit of the Antichrist of control. Control. You know why that in the last couple, I mean, I was so thankful for the truckers and what they're doing coming across America think that's so good because they're saying I'm not going to be controlled and it's the same way in a relationship where there is control men if you control your wife it's a sin wives if you control your husbands it's a sin I can say that with all confidence control is not a good place to be Uh, if there's control in the marriage it's very simple so uh, you need to express what you need without control Look what Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7 says. You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching. So I want us to look at this. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. In the presence of control. So I want you to, let's look at this. Sin. When sin is inside of a marriage. Number one, uh, what is sin? It's to miss the mark. That's what sin is. If you look it up, that's in the Hebrew, that's, that's what it means. It's to miss the mark. What is missing the mark? It's like, I didn't want to do what I did, but I did it. I was led by emotions, and I did it, and I believe God forgives us. Can I give it, get an amen out there? But we've got to repent. We've got to put those things under the blood, but it's to miss the goal of where we're headed. We get distracted along the way. Here's the second thing what happens in sin, and this is really what I want to talk about. Uh, there's a trespass. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, And you have been quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So it likens sins to this word trespass. What is trespass? Trespass is to go outside the limits. So thinking in the regards of a relationship, don't do anything that would make your spouse feel uncomfortable, embarrassed, hurt, insecure, or betrayed. Don't go outside. Don't trespass. You guys got to help me out this morning. Y'all really quiet this morning. How many of y'all know we're not supposed to be in a trespass and sin? So in your relationship, if you're going to guard yourself from sin, there's some things that you can do in your relationship. Like 
if that text message to that opposite sex is going is is going to make my my spouse feel uncomfortable if it's going to make her feel embarrassed it's going to make her feel insecure or betrayed don't send the text message if you liken that post on instagram i've i've heard this in my office and he's got a body that looks like burritos and he's saying to me well i'm just really into fitness so I like all these fitness pictures on Instagram. I bet you really are into fitness, buddy. When she's, you know, there's, there's more cotton on a, in an aspirin bottle than on this whole girl, and he's liking that post. Well, what, what, how does that make his wife feel? Come on, who am I talking to this morning? You guys are getting quiet, or is this just too relative here? Uh, maybe talking to those friends complaining about your spouse guilty right but here's the deal if you're doing that and you're not you're doing it behind their back and you're what are you doing you are trespassing you are uh you are going outside the limits of where god intended it to be are you guys hearing me this morning in psalm 16 verse 6 it says this the boundary lines have fallen from me and is the boundary lines that have fallen for me in pleasant places, surely I have a delightful inheritance. So what happens lots of times is when we're doing this, it's creating distance in your heart from them. Well, I'm just talking to my friends. You might, that might be the case, and you might need somebody to talk to, but out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and what is happening slowly is your heart is being disconnected from that person. Are you hearing me this morning? We've got to guard our heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. So here's the deal. Sin wants to control you. You know what the voice of the enemy is? It's anger. It's defeat. It's hatred. It's, uh, it's all the things that are opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. You know what God's called us to do? Just like this. I, I see sometimes when... Uh, when you parent, if you do it out of a spirit of control, I'm telling you, they will rebel. I can say this with all confidence. They will rebel. But if you do it out of the spirit of what Jesus has for us, think about all the things. See, see what, what do drugs do? They control people. Do they not? Think about your relationship with the Lord. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God is, Jesus is not controlled. It's a choice that you have to make, right? It's a choice that every day that I'm going to pick up the cross and follow him. Every day I'm going, I, I'm, I'm going to step out there and I'm going to do what God's called me to do and I'm going to be who God's called me to be. It's very easy to be in this place of control. So in, in like lots of times I see parents over their kids and they try to be the Holy Spirit for them. No, they have to get the same conviction. All you can do is lead them in the right direction. So the voice of Jesus is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. So this week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about your relationship with your spouse. And this is what I want you to do. Am I controlling her, controlling him, or am I leading her or leading him? I'm going to lead with love, joy. No matter what's done against me, 
I'm still going to lead with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Are you guys getting anything out of this? All right? Listen, I'm not just talking about marriage relationships. This can happen for, this can help be helpful for all relationships. Now, go with me. Uh, the next one is this. We need to guard our heart against resentment. Go with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12. What is resentment? We've got to guard our heart from resentment. Uh, it's the product of disappointment, disgust, anger, and fear. It is the product of disappointment, disgust, anger, and fear. That's what resentment comes in. Now, how in the world, if you are in a loving covenant relationship with somebody, how in the world can disappointment come in, disgust come in, anger come in, and fear come in? I believe there's a lots of opponents to this. I believe one of them is the law of familiarity. Just like Jesus went to his hometown, he healed a few sick people and left because they saw him as the carpenter's son and they didn't see him as the son of God. It's easy to get into the law of familiarity with a spouse, especially if you've been married for quite some time. But I believe one of the biggest things what brings resentment in people's life and how this can be a product of this is because we're different. I mean, y'all know a man's different from a woman. Culture may tell you differently, but a man is different from a woman. They have different parts and they think differently. I mean, here's a perfect example. If we're sitting on the couch together and I say, I'm going to go to bed, you know what I do, Gabe? I go to bed. I like literally get up, walk to the side of my bed, do not throw my clothes in the laundry basket. <laughs> Wherever they lay, they lay, and I go to sleep. You know what Brandy does? She gets up, she walks by the kitchen and sees 15 things she needs to do in the kitchen. And then she walks in the living room, the other living room from, from, from our den area where we all hang out. She'll go to the living room, she'll see all these other things that she needs to do. By the time that she gets to the bathroom, Cody, it takes her 25 minutes to take off makeup. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, have mercy. Just come to bed. You are a liar. How many of y'all know men and women are geared completely different? Me and Pastor Shannon, we could go to lunch. We could be there for an hour. Pastor Brandy could call me and say, hey, what do you and Shannon talk about? Nothing. What'd y'all eat? Nothing. How is he? Nothing. And we probably sat shoulder to shoulder. That's how men do, right? We sit shoulder to shoulder. <clears throat> We're cavemen, right? Now, if she goes to lunch with Carrie, she's going to call and give me an hour detail of everybody's life and your family. And you're going to know everything about mine. Come on, how many of y'all know this is the truth? Right? This is the truth. So what happens is, is lots of times men, you say, you know, you don't think like I think, and you don't do as I do, and so it's easy for resentment to come in. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root, everybody say root, root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Uh, how many of y'all know bitterness or resentment starts under the surface? You don't see it right away. The other day, uh, we, I had a guy come into my office, and he told me about something that bothered him. And I said, why did that bother you? He said, well, this. I said, well, 
why this? I'm not going to get into full detail. And he goes, and so I asked about five different times, six different times why. And finally, I got to the root of really why he was mad about this. It's like going to the chiropractor. My knee hurts, and they start working on your left shoulder. Why are you working on my left shoulder? Well, because it's connected to your knee. See, lots of times we get caught up in the moment. I'm mad about this right here. But really, you're not mad about that. It was the 10 times ago that there's been a root that has been growing down. And you know men, I'm going to talk about the men right now. Women, have grace on the men because men don't know how to talk. When they get mad, they close off. This ain't every home. There's obviously, there's, there, there's obviously a difference all about what I'm going to say. Every home's different. But I will just say, when I'm mad, I shut down. And I am looking for the perfect opportunity. <laughs> you open that door, and I'm going to open it. But women, I, I, I need to tell you, you need to have grace for men because they're not going to say enough. Yeah. Right? We need grace we're, because we're not going to say enough, and what we say is going to be wrong. Hello! Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? Right? And women, you're going to pour out. So men, you've got to, like, listen. Come on, am I not the only man that I'm thinking about? Gosh, there's so much I've got to do right now. i got places to go, people to see, cities to build, and contracts to fill. And you're mad about this. But I'm keeping it in. I'm keeping it in. But listen, you've got to be fully engaged in your heart. Get past however you feel. Quit being a crybaby about it. Come on. Amen? So, three things. Men, get quiet. Women, we, men, we need to listen to, to them. Three things real quick. If, if you're going to guard your heart from resentment, you've got to have, number one, you've got to have repentance. Just own it and humble yourself. I promise you, I'm sorry. And Brandy says, I'm good at this. Am I good at this? Rather than saying, I'm telling you, saying I'm sorry is better than saying 25 excuses. Right? All right. Number one, repentance. So just repent. Just say, you know what? I was wrong, and I really messed up. And I'm not saying... That you're just you know, going to go jump in the sack and everything's going to get better. I'm saying you're, you're leading the steps to get there. But I am saying repentance will take your relationship a long ways. Here's the second thing uh, of resentment. Number two, uh, guard your heart from resentment. Forgiveness. Not using your spouse's mistakes against them and not allowing hatred to come in your heart. Now, I will say this. You still have to confront patterns. Pastor Brandy confronts a pattern in my life all the time. And I'm working on those things. But I will say this. A good marriage is going to have conflict. And never forgive, never demand forgiveness of someone. When you say it like that, you're using it as a weapon and it's manipulation. If you're saying this, I'm telling you, this never works. God says forgive, so you need to forgive. I'm telling you, you want them to be rebellious against the word of God? That's a great way to do it. It's just like I listen to preachers on the television trying to raise money for things. They manipulate the word of God. Listen, only God can tell you what you're supposed to give. Only God can tell you how to forgive. Only God. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes that is a process of forgiveness. You can't expect somebody just to forgive 
a horrible thing that happened overnight. I'm going to say that. All right? I believe God can grab a hold of them and God can do a miracle inside of their heart. But if you demand it out of them, that is called the manipulation. And even if the marriage ends, you need to seek the Lord on how you can forgive somebody. Because you can't go into other relationships even with your own children or people that you love if you still have a hard heart against somebody else. I'm telling you, it's all throughout the Bible of examples of that. Here's the next one. So we need to repent. We need to ask for forgiveness. Number three, we need to compromise. We're going to give in, but we're not going to give up. You know when you hear people say, happy wife, happy life. What's mine is hers, and what's hers is hers. Isn't this great? No, that is not great. Just going to be honest with you right now. That is not great, is it, Cody? All right? Or I'm the man of this house, I'm the breadwinner, we're going to do what I say to I'm telling you, somebody is unhappy. Right? You might be thinking, oh, you're cool and saying that. You're saying, happy wife, happy life. Deep down in here, you're like, I hate my life. Right? Come on. We, we, we've got to have a compromise. Because both of these thinkings, they lead to resentment. Philippi, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, listen, listen to this. When he's talking about marriage, he says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. Before he even clearly talks to the wife and talks to the husband, he talks first. He says, Submit to one another. You know what most people te- teach? Tight, man, I'm Texas. They say it's going to take 50% from you and 50% from me. That's not true, right? It's going to take 100 from you and 100 from me. That's the way it's going to work. And it's going to take compromise. Come on, man. There, there, there's just some things that you don't need to die on the sword on. It's like, give it up. If she don't want the 90-inch TV in there... Because it's ugly, settle with the 70. I mean, it's still a 70-inch TV. The world's full of 35-inch TVs. But I hear of marriages that they're in arguments over this kind of stuff. I'm telling you, compromise with one another. Except for going out to eat. What do you want tonight? Mexican food? Oh, I don't want Mexican food. Italian? Oh, I don't want Italian. Y'all know that story. That's why I just like everything, and I'll eat everything all the time. Can I get an amen from all the men out there? We had that, we just had that two days ago. All right, if you don't pick it now, we're going to Brahms, because I'm having ice cream. You heard that before? Praise the Lord. All right. I feel so tough up here. But what does it say? Before he talks about wives, he talks about men, he says, submit to one another. Basically, what you're saying is this. Before we talk about wives, talk about men, we're going to submit to one another. I, I want what is best for us rather than what's best for just me. Amen? Come on, this is good stuff. Who am I helping this morning? Amen. Here's the third one. We need to guard our heart against division. John, go ahead and come on up. 
We need to guard our heart against division. The Bible says this, Mark 10, 7 through 9. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. For the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Listen, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, this, this right now, I'm telling you, I'm not just talking to marriages. I'm talking to all relationships. If a relationship is important to you, you need to be careful of the voices of division that are trying to come in. Can I tell you, parents can be a voice of division? Listen, we need to honor our father and mother, and I'm saying that with all honesty. We need to honor our father and mother. But at the end of the day, we've got to protect our families. The voices of division, the voice of division can be blood. The voice of division can honestly be politics, media. We've got to protect our kids. We've got to guard our heart from some things. Don't let anyone separate what God has done. Don't let anyone. Come on, don't let that boss get inside of your head. If you got, came into a relationship with the Lord, don't let anyone separate. You know what the voice of the enemy is? It's separation. It's separation. It's separation. But the voice of God is closeness. I'm telling you, he, the Bible says you can hear the whispers. Moses heard the whispers of God. You know why he heard the whispers? Because he was close to God. Separation is the voice of the enemy. Don't let anyone. The answer to a divided home is not chemistry or hobbies. It's transparency and openness. I had a young man come into my office this week. He said, hey, I'm going to get married this summer. Do you have any advice for me? I said, transparency and openness. Be open with one another. Because I'm telling you where secrets are, sin is. You've got to be open with one another. Think about the story of Adam and Eve. The Bible says this, that they were in the garden and they were naked and unashamed. And this isn't about nudity and intimacy. It's a picture of health that we need to have over our lives. They were naked and unashamed, meaning they had no secrets. They had an openness with each other and before God. Are you seeing what I'm saying this morning? Come on, we've got, to, we've got to guard ourselves from division. And what happened to Adam and Eve? What did they do when they sinned? They blamed each other. This is in Genesis 3. Then they hid, and then they covered one another. You know what covering does? It puts you in the dark. You know bad things happen in the dark? When you're all alone, they covered each other. They, they, they blamed, they hid, and they covered. You know, thinking about this, be careful the voices of division. I'm going to say this with all confidence. Men, your wife should have access to your phone, access to your text messages, access to all your social media accounts. I'm telling you, Brandy picks up my phone all the time. I don't have to go, oh, wait. Don't touch that. My kids have my phone all the time, don't you, Addison? My kids have, you know, that's the way it ought, that's openness is what that is. I'm telling you, you've got to guard yourself from division. Um, where light is present. In fact, Addison, she got me this new screen saver to, to save your screen. And what it was was one of those to where only I could see it. Nobody could see it on the sides. And I hated it. 
because I felt like I was hiding something. I just like, because that's where we are as a society. Let me hide this over here. I'm telling you, when you're open to God, you are in the most freedom that you've ever lived in in all your life. And in your marriage, you've got to be open with one another. Where light is present, revelation happens. Darkness can't live in light. When it's in the light, you can actually see what you're fighting for. But you've got to keep it in the light. So here's some things how you're going to guard from division. Number one, date each other. It's expensive. No, it's an investment. Amen? We did Friday night. We dated each other. Not, we're not always every Friday night daters. But I'm here to tell you, no matter if you've been married five years or 50 years, I think it's important to have eyeball time together. Brandy will call me sometimes. She goes, I need eyeballs and catch not crying in the background. Don't you? And so I do. I have eyeballs. And you know what I do when I take her out on a date? I leave my phone in the car because my phone rings all the time. And I need full investment. I'm telling you, here's the deal. Y'all may come and go. But I promised life with her. Amen. And I love you guys. But I love her more. My kids, I love them. But I don't love them near as much as I love her. Addison, you hear that. Because of my love for her, you came into this world. Hallelujah. But that's what's wrong with marriages. They love the kids more than their spouse. That is not what God has called you to do. God has called you to love that spouse. Amen? Come on. Here's another one. You need to have access. I've already said that to social media accounts. Here's a third one. It's not his money and her money. It's our money. I'm telling you, it's a scary place to be. If you're, going, if you're about to get married, one of the worst things that you can do is have her account and his account. I'm telling you, I've had way too many counseling moments with people that they are divided in their money. And I'm telling you, if you're divided anywhere in your heart, you are divided. It is so quiet in here. It's pretty hot too. If you could like... Another thing just uh, uh, what I want to encourage all of us to do, we live by our phones, do we not? At dinner, don't bring your phone. This is, this is your relationship with your kids as well. Don't let them bring theirs. In fact, we have a deal at 6 o'clock. We put up devices. We put up devices. And Dad gets involved in that. Put up devices. Let's act like they love each other. I'm not always good about that, am I? Brandy puts up hers. That's right. Sorry. You're not coming to the second service, are you? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> She is so judgmental up here. I was like, Lord have money. I love you. All right. Come on. Let's guard our hearts from division. Parents, don't let your kids divide you. Because if you're not careful, I've done this. Listen, I've done this. I'm like, catch, go tell your mother that she needs to do this. And then I think about what I did. It's like, you know, I'm using my boy to communicate something a little vindictive to his mother, which is my wife. 
I am broken. Y'all don't look at me judgmental because you've done the same thing and you know it. Gabe has for sure. I'm pointing fingers. If I'm going down, you're going down with me, buddy. Come on, who got something out of the word today? Come on, just come on. I know this is very simple, but these are things that we can do. Let's stand to our feet. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to guard our heart against sin. We're going to guard our heart against resentment. And we're going to guard our heart against voices of division. Right? In fact, if you're at a hurt place right now, you've got to be super careful of the people that you are open with. Because you don't want the divisive. You don't want, if you're coming in with a divided heart, you don't want a council of division on top of division. Because root of bitterness will grow even deeper. Come on, you've got to be careful. Guard your heart. Let's say it together. Guard your heart. We're going to guard our heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put up a guard. Think about a guard saying, I am not letting anything in my heart. I've got the, I mean, it's locked up. It's secure. I'm protecting it. I'm going to be like the president of the Ukraine. I know you're bigger than me, but I'm going to put up a fight. You watch me. I'm going to put up a fight. And how we fight the good fight is we guard ourselves from sin, resentment, and division. Amen? God, we thank you for this time together. God, I just pray right now in the room, Lord. I pray, God, that you would heal these broken hearts that are here. I pray, God, for those that have divided in any place in their life. Lord, I pray that right now, God, you're doing a work on the inside of them. That you're moving mountains right now as we speak in Jesus' name. God, I come before you. And I, I just humbly ask, Lord, that you would do a miracle. Do a miracle. Reveal yourself to these in here today. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.